Hey, what's up, party people? So my name is Alwyn Foster, and I'm happy to be here with you guys today. Uh, my wife and I, Gina Foster, who, as you can see, is not here. We are the lead pastors of Life Church Dane County, and um, we're excited. We're a new church that's coming to the area uh, in the fall of 2021. And, you know, I met Pastor Stephen, and we connected, and I'm here in front of you today. I know you don't know me and that may have you feeling some kind of way, but trust his judgment that I'm not going to say anything that's going to get me uncensored uh, or censored. And I'm definitely not going to say anything that will uh, make you leave this church. I promise that when I might make some say some things that will make you laugh because um, that's just my personality type. Um, so it's, if you laugh out loud, it's okay. If you put the emoji under the screen, that's okay as well. But yeah, so I'm from Minneapolis originally, and uh, we're leading this church in some prairie called Life Church Dane County. I'm glad to be with you guys today, and um, you didn't come here to see me. You came here to hear from the Lord. So let's go to the word of the Lord. Okay, so we're going to be in St. John chapter number 10, and we'll start with verse number 28. After Jesus, knowing that I'm reading from the English Standard Version, uh, after after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the prophecy, he said, I thirst a jar of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Today, I want to talk to you from a subject I would like to call the cross changes everything. The cross changes everything everything. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord, we're thankful that you uh, allow an opportunity for us to share your message and your hope and your love and your light with others. God, I pray that this message would encourage, uh, uplift, inspire, and encourage. And I pray that people would encounter you in a special way here today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So, First things first, I want you to know, which you probably already know because you're a part of this church or you stumbled upon this video um, or, you know, you're an ex-girlfriend of mine stalking me online and you saw this video of me. Anyways, however it goes, however it is you found this video, today we're talking about Jesus and we're talking about one of the most significant things that happens in the life of Jesus here. Um, and this is the death of Jesus, right? One of the most significant things that makes Jesus different from any other person who lived in the history of the world is not only that he lived and loved people in an extraordinary way. Not only did he have this uh, countercultural thing about him that changed the game. You've probably heard of some of these countercultural things. You probably loved Jesus. You thought he was wonderful until you heard him say things like, listen, when you love people that love you, you ain't doing nothing. He's saying, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love your enemies. So you, you loved him when you sung, you know, uh, Jesus loves me this son, or you loved him when you heard 
you know, this little light. If you're in a black church, you heard this one. This little light of mine. Come on, clap, movie. I'm going to let it. I know you're probably not clapping on me, but that's okay. This little light of mine, right? So you, you, you love those things about him. But every now and then, Jesus said something that shook people to the core because Jesus had an agenda that was not of this world. He had a heavenly agenda. And it's kind of like if you're from the north, which probably many of us are, and you go down south. The speed of things is different. The tempo of things is different. The language is different. Even the tone is different. They might be louder, right? They might be softer, right? The, the things um, that the way they use language is different, right? So for example, in the south, they might ask you, are you okay? Right? Now that could mean a lot of things. When they ask you in the south, are you okay? That may mean, are you feeling okay? That may mean, do you want to refill on your drink, right? That means, do you want more food on your plate? That may mean, do you want me to turn the AC up or down, right? When you get up north, somebody asks you, are you feeling okay? They just may, might be talking about the temperature of how you're doing or your mood and your temperament, right? But regions have different languages and there's nuance to that language and they bring a whole different spirit, a whole different swag, if I can say. So when Jesus comes to earth, he's not coming with an earthly swag because he's not from earth. He's coming with a heavenly swag, right? So when he comes to earth, he shakes things up and he says things to you and I love your enemies. Don't hate those that hate you, but I'm telling you to love those that hate you. Uh, don't, don't, don't give evil for evil, but when people are evil to you, do good. And that's a cross or a countercultural idea. But what Jesus is saying to you and I, when he says things like this, is he's saying, listen, there has to be a way for people in Madison and Verona and Fitchburg and Windsor and Stoughton and Sun Prairie and DeForest to know that there is something greater in this earth than this world. There has to be something that exists on earth that shows people that there is something greater than this life. There has to be something in this world that shows people there is more to life than having a Maserati. There has to be something greater in this world that shows people there is more than uh, uh, flossing on Instagram. There has to be something in this world that shows people there is more than showing off the new house you have, right? There has to be something in this world that is greater than the things that money can buy. So Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment, and that's to love your enemies like they are your friends. He says, love them because he wants us to know that I'm flipping the whole script on this thing and I'm doing things differently. And here we see Jesus is on the cross and he continues this trajectory of doing things differently. He even says some weird stuff, which I don't have time to get into. He says, listen, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part of me. Right. And that's not an encouragement to cannibalism. That's a, uh, a message metaphor rather to understand that Jesus says either with me you are all the way in or you are all the way out. He says, listen, if you don't want to have anything to do with me, that's okay. But if you are going to uh, accept and receive me, you need to be all in because Jesus makes some crazy claims. Okay. That may be difficult to believe, but what he's saying when he says these things is listen, a man who says he is great. This is how John Keller says it. Excuse me. Tim Keller says it. A man who says he is great either is indeed great 
or he is crazy. And that's how we have to come to terms with who Jesus is. Either he is worthy of all the praise and all the honor and all the glory, or he's a heretic. It's not this medium. Jesus says the worst thing in the world that you can do for me is like me. He's like, either you love me or you don't know who I am. Either you hate me or you love me or you do not understand who I am and what I came to do, right? So here we find Jesus on the cross. He's getting ready to die and he's on there and he says the most famous last words that anybody could say. It's not the words of Malcolm X. It's not, it's not his dying words. It's not John F. Kennedy's dying words. It's not uh, uh, um, Mufasa from the Lion King's last words. It's not Dory's mama or daddy, whoever died in the show. I don't remember. Forgive me, children. Uh, uh, it, it's not. It's the most famous last words you have ever heard which are it is finished it's a wrap it's over he wants you to know there's one more lesson that I have to teach my people before he exits off into heaven before he goes right into heavenly places he says there's one more lesson that I want you to learn. And he says these three words, it is finished. Well, actually in the original language, what he said was to telestai. Say that with me, to telestai. And what that uh, means or what people would say in that time in the Bible, right? So it's important. Let me back that thing up real fast, right? So it's important to understand this. The Bible was not written to us, but it was written for us. Let me say that again. The Bible was not written to us it was written for us. In other words, you, we cannot take everything from the Bible and because the Bible describes it does not mean the Bible is prescribing it. That's free. Okay. I'll say that again. You can take that with you because the Bible is describing it does not mean the Bible is prescribing it. So when Jesus says to tell us die, he's using the language that they use there. And what did that term mean to tell us die? It meant when somebody finished building a table, they would say to tell us die. Or when somebody completed a task, they would say to tell us die. Or when somebody was finished with work for the day, they would say to tell us die. So when Jesus, okay, I got a Pentecostal background, so I'm ready to jump over these pews when I think about what the, the full weight of this statement means. When he says to tell us die, he is letting you and I know that no deeds you can do will get you to me. He's saying it is finished. In other words, when, when you go to the Old Testament, right, you have, I think it's 600. It might be 700. I don't know. I don't have to keep them. So I don't keep a track of all the laws that we had to keep, that people had to keep, right? The children of Israel had to keep to honor God. God is saying these rules are not what gets you to me. He's saying the work that you have done to, uh, attain, for lack of better terms, your own holiness, the work that you've done to uh, attain acceptance from me, the, the the deeds that you've done, right? And maybe you're in this place right now. You're like, yeah, I got to pray three times a day and I got to be sanctified, right? And I've got to be righteous and I've got to set myself apart and I've got to pray this number of times a day and I got to read my Bible for this number of times a day. And you're doing that, man or woman, 
something not out of love or devotion, but you're doing that because you think that's how you get accepted by God. Let me tell you something wrong. I know you like, oh, okay, I ain't listening to this dude no more. Listen, I know you like, no, nah, he tripping. Now, I was with him for a while, but he's tripping. But you think you know, and I think I know the better way than what Jesus did. And he's saying, no, 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 you've got it wrong, right? We've got to get it out of our mind that we have it right. We don't have it right. We think we know. You in here thinking right now, can't nobody tell me nothing. Can't tell. That's the problem, right? Jesus is saying, you do not work to get to me. Because the truth of the matter is, Alwyn, man on the other side, uh, uh, looking at this screen, woman on the other side of this screen, even at your best, you cannot get to him. Even when we try our hardest, we cannot get to him. So Jesus gets on the cross and he gives us one more lesson before class is dismissed. Before the final bell rings, he gives us one more lesson. Before uh, school is out and summer school begins, he gives us one more lesson. And he says, the work that you've been doing to earn my favor, to earn eternal life, to earn salvation, to earn faith, to earn confidence, to earn acceptance in me, you do not have to work anymore. So now when you accept me in your life, when you receive salvation from me, when you pray, it's not out of obligation. It's out of love. Now, when you worship me, it's not because you want me to see what you're doing and you want to be accepted by me. You have a deep sense of praise in your belly. You have a deep devotion, not because what you're doing, you're doing to get God's favor, but you're doing it because you have God's favor. So now you understand that when Jesus says to tell us die, he's saying you don't have to earn your way to me because I've earned my way to you. This is what makes Christianity different from every other religion. I say it all the time and I'm going to say it to you today. Jesus Christ is not to be explained. He's to be encountered. I wish that I could run around. If I had on my loose jeans, I would run around this place. Okay. Jesus is not to be explained. He is to be encountered. Right. So what Jesus does that makes it different from Buddhism, that makes it different from uh, Islam, that makes it different from any other religion in the history of the world is they say, listen, when you turn toward the east and you pray three times a day and you do these things. Right. And you 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 meditate. Right. This is how you uh, embody and this is how you experience all of these things. This is what you do to be accepted by those guys. Jesus says, there's nothing you and I could do to be accepted by me. So he says, I am going to take on, right? I'm going to take on the pain. I'm going to take on the suffering. I'm going to take on the hurt, right? You cannot do enough to be accepted by me. So you cannot earn your way to me. So I'm going to come down to you, right? You cannot do enough, say enough, behave enough, give enough, be generous enough to get to me. So I'm going to do, I'm going to flip the script. Come on. And I'm going to come to you. So now he says, I have done the hardest part. 
That's why he said it is finished. He was saying, I've done the hardest work. So now you and I get to do the easy part and accept him and receive him and walk in salvation from him. And now we understand that we can live our life out of the fullness of the hope and the glory and the honor that he bestows upon us. And we can get the the stress off of our shoulders because we don't have to prove ourselves to him. And guess what? There's another lesson in there. That means you don't have to prove yourself to anybody else. You don't have to put your uh, uh, confidence and depend on anyone else to do things for you and make these other people your gods. Maybe you grew up in a family where uh, uh, this is uh, classically for people that were born in eastern parts of the world uh, where their parents become their gods, right? You went to school for them. You decided to choose your career for them. You maybe even chose your spouse for them, right? You want their approval more than anything. God says your parents don't have to be your God, right? And some people, you flip the script. You do it differently. You say, you know what? It's my kids. I didn't know what life was until I had kids. Now I know what true living is now that I have kids. Your kids will disappoint you. They will let you down. You don't have to put all of your hope and energy into your kids because they are fallible too and they will let you down. You might be saying, okay, well, it ain't my mom, it ain't my dad, it ain't my kid. Maybe it's your spouse. Well, I, I have to make life easier for them. I have to, if, if happy wife, happy life, happy spouse, happy house, right? That's how you think, right? But they're going to do something that's going to let you down at some point too. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your education. Maybe it's your knowledge. Maybe you take pride in the fact that you're woke. Whatever the case may be, Jesus says, you cannot put your trust in these things. You cannot put your confidence in these things. You cannot put your hope in these things because each one of them will let you down. You will be hurt. You will be disappointed. They cannot hold the weight of your expectations. But the good news is there is a man that came that is strong enough to carry your expectation. There is a man that's strong enough to carry your goals. Matter of fact, he says, I'm not even carrying your goals. He says, when you meet me, I'll give you better goals because the goals you have are too low. So he says, I'll give you better goals. I'll give you uh, something that's centered in me and my my hope and my purpose and my day. And he says, your mom and your children and your job and your career and your education could not hold your expectations because they were not strong enough. But he says, my shoulders are wider than Giannis. Do you hear what I'm saying? Bucks and six. He says, my shoulders are stronger than anybody's you've ever encountered. So I can take your pain. I can take your hurt. I can even take the rejection when you were rejected by your parents because you did make them your God and they let you down. You did make your spouse your God and they let you down. You put it in your career and then the job closed the door and you put it in your kids and then they made decisions you didn't agree with and now you're hurt and disappointed and you feel like you're suffering. Jesus says, I am right there with you. And guess what? I, the sense of pain and suffering and because of what happened, the sense of abandonment you feel. He says, I've already dealt with all that on the cross. 
cross. You feel like you were abandoned by what your mom or dad did or what your children did. He said, my father turned his back on me. And that sense of abandonment that you felt, I took that on. That sense of, of, of moving, of not knowing where to do, being lost, feeling forsaken. He even said that on the cross. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Jesus says, I have taken that for you. So you, after you put your faith in him, after you put your trust in him and after you put your confidence in him, can live a life free of the expectation, the burden, I should say, not the expectation because people still will expect, but the burden of having to do what you consider is perfection or operate in a way where you were never designed to operate. You will not make the mark. You will not always do what you need to do. You will not live a perfect life. You will not be the perfect spouse, the perfect husband, the perfect wife, the perfect student, the perfect worker. You're trying to be employee of the month. Every month, SpongeBob, it don't work like that. Do you hear what I'm saying? Right? You're trying to be as perfect as you can be, but you do not have to be perfect. Right? I know you're like, man, I, I, I'm, I'm just used to being perfect. I always want to reach the bar and I always want to be perfect. I always want to make the best that I can. You do not have to be perfect because there is a man that died for you and he was perfect. You can make a mistake because he didn't make any. You can make a mistake because he didn't make any. And when he opened up his mouth and said to Telestai, he was saying, all of your mistakes, it's finished. Everything that could hold you in a chokehold is finished. Your past, your sin, your mistakes, after you receive Jesus and put your faith and trust and confidence in him, he says, these things are finished. All things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. That's why you're blessed to be a part of this church. That's why you're blessed to be a part of, of, of a church where they communicate the Bible. They teach the Bible. They don't expect you to be perfect, right? You don't want to go to a church where people expect you to be perfect because they're expecting you to do something that they cannot do. And more importantly, something that Jesus never required church to be. Church is not a place for imperfect. It's not a place for perfect people. It is a place for imperfect people who are saved, sanctified, and changed by the only one who was perfect. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know who you're trying to get approval of today. I don't know what you're trying to deal with in your past, deal with your, uh, your pain or your trauma. But can I tell you, Jesus said on the cross what he's saying to you and I today to tell us die. It's finished. Give up the work. He's already done it. When you pray now, pray out of love and devotion for him, not trying to get acceptance for him. When you love your neighbor, it's not because you want God to see and approve you. He's already done that. When you treat people right, it's not because you want God to give you brownie points for what you've done. It's because he's already done the hard work so we can do the easy work. He's already done the heavy lifting. So now you can do the easy work to tell us die. Getting approval from men to tell us die. Under, uh, trying to prove yourself to tell us die. Trying to win salvation to tell us die. It's finished. Jesus made the difference and the cross changes there. Now you can love your enemies because Jesus forgave you for the worst mistakes you made so you can forgive them for what they did. Whether they did it on purpose or accident, 
you can forgive them because you've been forgiven. And out of the abundance of forgiveness, you know, you and I know all the messed up stuff that we've done and Jesus has forgiven us. So now when people do the worst things to us, we can say God has forgiven me so I can forgive. It's easier for me to forgive because I've been forgiven. Right. To tell us holding on to that grudge to tell us die. It's over. I pray that over your house. I pray that over your mind. I pray that over your spirit. I pray that over your pride. I pray that over your ego. I pray that over the, the tasks that you have planned this week to tell us die. It is finished. God has already done the work. Pastor Stephen, thank you for having me. Thank you, Madison Church, for allowing me to come here and wear my Life Church shirt. Thank you for allowing me to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with you and minister to you guys today. I hope you uh, were inspired. I hope God spoke to you. And I hope you stop working out of duty to God and begin to work in delight with him. Have a great day. Peace out, y'all.